Hey everyone, this is a re-recording of the talk that I gave yesterday at church. As we've got a break in our teaching series, I just wanted to take some time to share plans for the early autumn. And I wanted to set that in the context of our vision and values as a church. I should caveat this by saying that as a, la a leadership team and a, and a wider working group, we're still in the process of working through vision and values. So what I say today is, if you like, preliminary, it's like an advanced preview, but it is from my and Paul's heart and passion for this church, for you. So I wanted to start in Ezekiel chapter 47, verses 1 to 12, and I will read. Now he brought me back to the entrance to the temple. I saw water pouring out from under the temple porch to the east, the temple faced east. The water poured from the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then took me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the gate complex on the east. The water was gushing from under the south front of the temple. He walked to the east with a measuring tape and measured off 1,500 feet, leading me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another through water that was needy and another 1,500 feet waist deep and another, and by now it was a river over my head. Water to swim in, water no one could possibly walk through. And he said, son of man, have you had a good look? And then he took me back to the riverbank, and sitting on the bank, I noticed all sorts of trees growing on both sides of the river. And he told me, this water flows east, descends to the Arabah and then into the sea, the sea of stagnant waters. That we understand is the Dead Sea. When it empties into those waters, though, the sea will become fresh. Wherever the river flows, life will flourish. Great schools of fish because the river is turning the salt sea into fresh water. Where the river flows, life abounds. Fishermen will stand shoulder to shoulder along the shores, casting their nets, and the sea will teem with all kinds of fish, like the great fish of the Mediterranean. The swamps and the marshes won't become fresh, they'll stay salty. But the river itself on both banks will grow fruit trees of all kinds. Their leaves won't wither, the fruit won't fail. Every month they'll bear fresh fruit because the river and the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. Wow, I Ezekiel is one of my favourite books and I love these verses and I would absolutely recommend that you spend some time just dwelling in them because this is where our name comes from, it's where the name river comes from, in particular verse 9 which says where the river flows life abounds, it's the very heart of who we are, the river transforms, redeems and brings life. And this theme of life-giving water can be traced throughout the Old and New Testaments by Jesus, who says, when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, springing up and flooding you with endless life. And right through to Revelation, verse uh, chapter 22, where it says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, flowing with water, clear as crystal, continuously pouring out from the throne of God and of the as Paul also just pointed out to me after my talk, this, this, this river theme starts in Genesis, right at the beginning when there are four rivers that flow. So our calling then as River Church, and it's deeply embedded in our DNA, 
is to work with the Holy Spirit to bring redeeming life and transformation wherever we go. And that's where our look, love, live comes from. Look on the face of Christ. Love everyone we meet. Live like heaven is near. Or as somebody in my home group put it this week, it's really simple. Love God, love others and love yourselves. So our vision is about God's love. It's about passionately believing in a God who redeems, transforms and brings life and that God will do this through us. Yes. And if you're thinking, well, that's all a bit nebulous, um, let's take it a bit more specific. River Marlowe is a charismatic, non-religious, inclusive, missional, generous church. River Marlowe, and that's us, we are a charismatic, non-religious, inclusive, missional, generous church. And these are the flags or the values or the bases around which we plan and from which flows who we are and what we do. So I just wanted to just go through those areas with you. We're generous. We're a generous church. In the words of Lionel Reed, we believe you can't outgive God. Here at River Marlow, we seek to use our resources, financial and otherwise, to serve our community and world wherever there's a need. Always looking for opportunities to be generous. And we do it so well. And we see it at work through things like our hardship fund, our redistribution fund, one-off offerings to missionaries and organisations like ASHA and the Anadit Charity Nepal, Christmas giving to Marlow Refugee Action, Meals from Marlow, ongoing donations to One Can Trust, the food bank, and Wycombe, the outreach to homeless people in High Wycombe, ongoing financial support and to initiatives like Lighthouse, and many other things that I'm quite sure I'm forgetting. In particular, I'm, I'm so proud of the way that we personally support each other when the times are tough, when there isn't the money in the bank to buy a new car or, or some shopping that week. We are generous, and I love that about this church. And of course, not forgetting your regular giving, which ensures we keep going day to day. And we are always grateful for that. So we're, we're generous and we're missional. This is a thread that runs through everything we do and should always run through everything we do. We're locally and globally committed to mission. We love everyone we meet with a message and good news of the gospel. It has to wind through everything we do or else, you know what, we've become a Christian club. Being missional is about all of us. It's not just about our missionaries, Kate and Sue, out east. It's not just about Maria and Anthea at Patchesfield or Belle and her team at River Life. It's about all of us. And my challenge to you is how can we be missional? How are we missional? We recognise that personally this can be hard. And you know what? We are committed to exploring new concepts such as missional communities and to discover new language and a way of speaking about our faith that is understood. And that links to our value of being non-religious. So we're generous, we're missional, and we're inclusive. We have all experienced God's loving, gracious, inclusive nature. Everyone is included here and will find a space where you can work out what it means to be Christian in this complex world. Paul and I are 
passionate about inclusion. You only have to look at our careers to date, what's led us to this space, the places we've worked, the people we've worked with, to see that that is in our hearts. Do you know what? When we met at the United Reformed Church a few years back, it bothered me. We used to joke that the building was a reverse TARDIS. It's one of these buildings that looked bigger from the inside, but when you got in there, it was like, oh, that's not very big at all in here. I thought it was quite big in here. What's going on? It bothered me that there wasn't enough space for parents with buggies um, to get into the main area. It bothered me that there wasn't space for children just to run around free. Or that Timmy, our learning disabled brother, couldn't just come because there wasn't room for him to pace about as he needs to do. We lost our space around the edges and we have it here in this venue and I love it. Space around the edges is so important. And River Mile has always been about space for everyone to come. It's so important that people can physically access our space, or if not, that Zoom is available, that talks like this are recorded. That's why I'm re-recording this talk now. It needs to be available so that people are included. You know what? There are no glass ceilings here. There are no barriers to sitting around the table with Jesus. God loves us all equally. And I could say more about this, and I could talk a lot about inclusivity, but now it's not the time. So we are generous, we are missional, we're inclusive and we are non-religious. We're a relational church, we're full of and all about fun and friendship and you know we see that reflected in our triune God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit in eternal relationship and dance together. We live community out together on many levels don't we, not just Sundays, small groups, around meal tables, kintsugi groups, walking together, praying together, doing life together, inspired by the example of the early church in Acts. You know what? We try not to take ourselves too seriously. We have fun. We love being together. We believe that each one of us has gifts to bring, and that's why the leadership, Paul and I, we don't always lead on a Sunday, and we aren't formally ordained and, and wearing dog collars. I've got nothing against that, but it's why we don't follow a set liturgy. Um, yes, we adhere to the Apostles and the Nicene creeds, else we wouldn't be a Christian um, community. But no, we don't have doctrinal positions on issues, we would say, secondary to our mission. We try to use language that makes sense and is not Christian jargon. Please call us out if you catch us using Christian jargon. And you might notice Paul and I try to avoid calling God he, gendering God, you know, and that links as well to us being inclusive. Being non-religious links closely to our final flag, our final base. So we're generous, we're missional, we're inclusive, we're non-religious and we are charismatic. We are a charismatic, Holy Spirit-led church. We believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit for now. And we are committed to the supernatural and that our gifts, and that's all our gifts, prophecy, healing, words of knowledge, leadership, administration, worship, are for our community and the wider world. And that's perhaps our clearest distinctive, and, and I, I would say one that sets us apart from other churches in the town. And it's one that we want to push into in the next season. And one way in which we achieve this is by our ongoing emphasis on the development of spiritual disciplines, holy habits. I know whenever I'm speaking, whenever I'm up here, 
what I go on about, I bang on about spiritual disciplines. There's a reason. It's part of our distinctive. I think it's part of what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches across the world now. You only have to look across similar movements to ours and you see it. Holy habits, spiritual disciplines, practices that draw you ever closer to God. Prayer, fasting, silence and solitude, Sabbath, study, worship, service. There are many, many lists of them. It's what the Holy Spirit's doing in this season. Oh, I beg your pardon, I've lost page eight. Who loved the recent lecture 365 series, Aiden's Way? Loads of us did. And that's because there's loads in there about spiritual spiritual practices and disciplines. 24-7 are all over it. So we are all over it too, and we will keep coming back to spiritual disciplines. We will be layering them up year after year, returning to things perhaps we've even looked at before. Of course we will, because it's about practice. So, we are... You've probably got it by now. A generous, missional, inclusive, non-religious, charismatic church. And in this season, pushing into the charismatic, we want to, I want to call you to fast and pray, but I want to call you to fast. You know, I recently listened to three excellent podcasts about fasting. Fasting is an ancient discipline and it used to be really commonly practiced. And these podcasts, they got me thinking big time. You know when you just know God is speaking to you? So I shared with Paul and the leadership team with Phil, Phil and Tim. And we all agreed that in this next season, we absolutely want to call us as a church to fast. By which I mean abstaining from food. It's part of our charismatic distinctive and it's a key spiritual discipline. Well, why now? Well, as many of you know, over the last 18 months, we've twice advertised for an intergenerational leader. Somebody with leadership gifting and experience to work with our younger folk. By that we mean under 30s. And be part of the next generation of leaders we long to see emerging. And at both times that we've advertised, we've been disappointed and we're really sad. We are really sad that we haven't found anyone. We've also failed to recruit an administrator. Um, what does this mean? How do we respond? We believe that we respond together to be fasting and praying for the future of just our wonderful church, this wonderful, charismatic, non-religious, inclusive, generous church. Fasting and praying for the next generations. Fasting and praying for younger leadership to emerge. And as we fast, asking God, asking Holy Spirit, Jesus for words, pictures, dreams. There's a video that you can watch, and I think Tim will probably attach this somewhere, which is introducing the fasting practice from an, an online organisation called Practicing the Way. In brief, there are four aspects, and we'll be covering these over four weeks. We fast in order to offer ourselves to God, to grow in holiness, to amplify our prayers, and to stand with the poor. So in September we're going to spend four weeks, the first four weeks of term if you like, looking specifically at why fasting is important and covering these each week. 
and there will be a workbook you can access or online or we'll, we'll bring paper copies and there will be extra resources too and we'll, you'll be sent a link um, or the, we'll put a link on the family chat whatever way is practical I'll leave that to Tim um, to, so you can access this wonderful resource which is called Practicing the Way it's an online resource set up by John Mark Comer many of you know him he used to lead the Bridgetown Church in Portland, Oregon and he, um, excuse me uh, wrote the book The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry he also spoke at Wildfires Festival a few years ago so many of us have come across him and we trust him and his resources so we're looking forward to look to working on that. But uh, Paul and I are fasting regularly, and we would encourage you to just to begin to think about this over the summer. So our vision then, if you like, is to know God through Jesus ever more deeply. Is to lead you in ancient and fresh ways of doing this. A vision of being before doing, of praying before acting, of spirit before sprinting. Love God, love others, one must flow from the other. Of being full in Christ, full of Christ, and then we flow like a river into our towns and villages and workplaces and friendship groups and families, bringing life wherever we go. That's what we want to do, that's what we want to achieve, and I believe, we believe, Holy Spirit is saying in this season, church fast. So Paul and I now fast once a week on a Wednesday and we're not being religious about it. I am going out for lunch with the River Life group this Wednesday, for example, and I shall eat. But I, I may not eat the rest of the day. But generally we choose a particular day and we fast. So let's build on over a year's worth of daily, weekly prayer times and let's call together out to God for what's next. Will you join us? <laughs>